In the words of William Shakespeare, let's do it the damn thing. What's going on? Hello, it's July 16th, 2020. This is the one and only QTR podcast. It's the podcast you are here for. It's the reason you have a computer. It's the reason you pay for an internet connection. All right here in one spot. I'm happy to have you, and I'm really excited for today's interview. First and foremost, I want to let everybody know... What most of you know already, this podcast is brought to you by my patrons. Patrons are people that sign up on Patreon and donate a monthly recurring sum to help support the podcast. I'm going to shout out my Patreons, give them some love like I always do. I'm going to give you two rules for the podcast and then we're going to get started with the day's funtivities. I got a clipboard of fun today. I'm pretty stoked about this one. I actually am. First and foremost, I want to shout out my exclusive gold and silver dealers over at JM Bullion. Folks, I buy gold and silver because I don't trust the central banking system. Most of you guys know that. If you read any of the Fed comments that came out at 2 p.m. today, you understand why. They don't know where they want inflation. They don't know why they want inflation where they want it. And they really don't know anything at all. So I buy gold and silver because it makes me feel better. It's got thousands of years of a track record of history of being an economic instrument, whereas the Fed has 40 years of doing nothing but screwing things up. So when I put the two of those on a weighting scale, one next to the other, I prefer to own the gold and silver instead of keep my money behind the brain of Neil Kashkari. So I do that by buying from JM Bullion. JM Bullion is my favorite gold and silver provider. I have been buying now exclusively from them for a couple of months. They turn around their orders very quickly. They have a great inventory. They're reputable. They send their packages in the mail and they are very discreet. They're just wonderful to do business with. They've been in business for a decade now. They've done over $3 billion in sales. And really, there's no place I would rather buy my gold and silver bullion than JM Bullion. If you're a QTR podcast listener, you already have your own salesperson there. Shoot an email to the lovely Kathy, K-A-T-H-Y at jmbullion.com. Let her know that QTR sent you. She will give you free shipping and maybe she'll give you a couple bucks off your order if you ask nicely. But make sure you butter her up and say please and thank you because she has been a tremendous help. JM Bullion is the one spot I go for my gold and silver. This podcast is also brought to you by the Sang Lucci Steam Room. The Sang Lucci Steam Room is the best piece of software in the world for tracking options flow and big money moving in the markets. Boom, I said it. Forget about Goldman Sachs proprietary nonsense that they got their traders using that they paid some, you know, talented Croatian team of programmers $10 trillion to program and put together. I'm going with Sang Lucci instead. The Steam Room is a great way to track unusual options activity in the market and big money coming into the illiquid options market. Why is that important? Oftentimes, money coming into the options market can precede moves in the equities market. What does that mean in the parlance of normal people? It means sometimes it gives you hints as to when things are about to go really good or really bad for a company. Because folks, sometimes people have information that you don't have. And sometimes they're a little bit quicker. And they go and they uh, pile into options before the rest of the world knows about things. So we don't want to be naughty. We don't want inside information. But there's nothing wrong with following big money coming into the options market. And there's no better piece of software to do it than the Sang Lucci Steam Room. That piece of software. The link to that is in my podcast description. I've known Sang Lucci for a decade. He's an honest guy to do business with. I consider him a friend of mine and I'm happy to give him some love on the podcast. He's been supporting the QTR podcast for a while, as has my buddy Pete Hedgetus at The Trader's Path. The Trader's Path is a now one-year-old happy anniversary, happy one-year anniversary to my man Pete Hedgetus, one-year-old investing in day trading service where they offer up a wonderful community if you're a day trader It is a great place to spend your time during the day. Pete offers daily watch lists. He offers a live stream. He offers investor education. And he offers his company along with the company of the other fine folks that have joined the community looking to make some money and maybe trade some ideas and bounce some shit off each other and have some camaraderie in a stock market which uh, is completely out of control and there's no rhyme or reason to anymore. So Pete started his community because the other communities he had joined he thought that they were basically trying to rip them off and I bet they were 
one of the guys he used to go with he has a PR person that has been sending me emails nonstop for six months trying to get him on the podcast. And the answer is no. Why? Because I didn't like him before I heard Pete tell me about him. And now I really don't fucking like him. So if I was going to sign up for a nice, honest person's investor community, it would be my homeboy, Pete Hedgetus, over at the Trader's Path. That link's in the podcast description. Ask Pete for a discount. He'll give you a discount. You tell him the Q-Man sent you. This podcast also brought to you by my friends at Corvus Gold, my buddy Nathan Michaud over at Investors Underground, my homeboy Russ Valenti, happy birthday to you, my friend, shipping analyst Jay Mintzmeyer, my friends over at Matthew Zimmer, <laughs> my buddy Matthew Zimmer, Nicholas Parks, Ken R., Chris Bede, what the hell's going on? Crichton Titus, you guys have been the best, some of my newest patrons, Andrew Harrington, Jamil Akhtar, Aaron Morkin, all three of you guys signed up last night. I was going to send you emails, but I drank whiskey and fell asleep instead. Uh, Jonathan Neidman, Matthew Smith, Jill, Susan, Charles Zivkinev, Phantom Dills, thank you guys so much. And how about some people that have been with me for a minute, for a little while, I want to shout out. Stephen Boppel, thank you so much. I still see you. It's been almost a year now. My homeboy, Steve Lekowski, Jonah Johnson, thank you so much for your continued support of the podcast. And we got to shout out my first... Let's shout out my first two patrons ever. February 14th, 2018, a couple of days after the podcast started, Max Mulvihill reached out M3. You can ask him why I call him M3. Max Mulvihill is still down and still contributing. And Max, we got to have you on one of these days. And Chris Gerard, thank you so much, my brother. Been on since May 2018 with my homeboy Chris Bede. All right, I'm super excited for today's interview. There are two rules to this podcast. There is a two drink minimum. Today we're going to be shooting the shit a lot, which I'm stoked about. Why don't you kick back, open up something. I would open up a bottle today of the classiest thing that you have because I know we're going to be speaking to somebody that has a lovely British accent and that makes me want to drink wine or brandy or something like that. It doesn't mean you can't have 15 of them. Just try to class up the joint a little bit. Hold your pinky out while you go to drink it a little bit. This is not investment advice, life advice ever on this podcast. We do this just for discussion purposes with an open mind. It is, ladies and gentlemen, proud to be the worst podcast in history. If you haven't read the one-star reviews on iTunes, I would encourage you to do so. And just generally turn the podcast off in general. All right, let's get started. All right, I am exceptionally honored to have with me today Chris and Caroline from the Cane Hill Countryside Center. If you don't know who they are or what the Cane Hill Countryside Center is, it is a project in southern England that helps bring countryside learning to children, young people, and communities. And uh, they have a Twitter account where they post videos of their farm where Chris and Caroline usually are walking around their farm uh, and the Twitter account is at Cahenhill C-A-E-N-H-I-L-L-C-C at Cahenhill C-C um, and their videos have kind of gone viral here over the last uh, year or two I looked the other day they have 73,000 followers and for very good reason I started following them when I happened upon this peculiar video one day of a guy with a fantastic British accent walking around and talking to a duck. And I was like, this put me in a great mood. So I started following them like 73,000 other people. And sooner or later, here they are on my podcast with me. What's going on, guys? Hello, Chris. Thank you to, for having us. Yeah, Chris, it's, it's brilliant. I've, we've been waiting to speak to you and share our, our story because obviously uh, we've we got a bit of a story to share, haven't we, Caroline? Oh, yes. So, um should we do a little bit of an introduction? Because obviously, mm-hmm. my name is Chris. My name is Caroline. I'm, I'm also known as the Chatty Farmer. I don't know why. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I have a passion for animals. Uh, and just as important, I have a passion to help young people, to inspire young people. And I work alongside Caroline. So what do you do, Caroline? Well, I, uh, we do a lot of video and we share we share what we do online and uh, apparently we make a lot of people happy. Yeah, it's, it's, it's strange, Chris. It's very humbling that people like yourself want to speak to us and people around the world want to watch us uh, online um, and see our animals. And I suppose it might be worth a little, have a little wander around uh, yeah, the, the barn a moment just to see, see the animals there. We're, 
we're in this uh, wonderful barn filled up with chickens and, and all other sorts of animals. And it all started when I was young. I was born on a farm. You were born on a farm, I yeah. was born in the manger. How <laughs> 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 was that person born in the manger? And I grew up with animals. And my dad had a little farm here uh, in um, this little place called Devizes, which is a, in Wiltshire, the southwest of England. And I had all these animals around me, and I just was passionate about the animals. I used to have um, my own little pet goat and sheep and all sorts of uh, animals. But my main job as I grew up, I became a herdsman. And from the age of about uh, 10, I started milking the cows. Mm -hmm. And I ended up as the herdsman on the farm. I left school and did very well. But I also had a lovely passion for um, not only for milking, uh, but for um, you know, photography. So one day... Don't, don't, you're going to be crying in a minute, Chris. You're going to be crying. This is, this is, this is, this is really sad. But my, I had two other brothers. My other brothers, Simon and Jason. And my dad actually sort of said, oh, I can hear Ken in the background. Chloe. I know. <laughs> Ken? Can't, I told you to shut that door up. I know. Well, oh. you know Ken. So, um, yeah, we you know, um, had that decision. When my dad said, look, the farm's not big enough for the three of you. So one of you is going to have to go. I think he was hoping that my other brother was going to go because um, Jason was a bit of a handful. But I had skills in photography. Exactly. So you were the right person at the time, I guess. Yeah, and uh, that meant, obviously, that I looked for another job. And nobody would have me, really. <laughs> uh, <laughs> I didn't know you already. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Caroline went around, so there's no chance there. But I'd, funny enough, there was a, a job coming up with our local police for a civilian scenes of crime officer. So we ended up, well, I ended up working for the police doing scenes of crime work, mm -hmm. which was crazy, really, because I know. Um, from farming. But my heart was still in the farming. I still helped Dad out, and um, you know, I worked for the police. I learned how to use a camera properly. I used, I learned how to teach. This is how you realise everything happens for a reason, isn't it? Very much so, <laughs> and. Uh, Oh, but I just wanted to do something a little bit more. Then an opportunity sadly came about when my dad uh, had to retire due to ill health. And uh, he had to give up the farm and his health was deteriorating. The farm wasn't paying and the farm was rented. So um, the council, the local authority here, um, basically made the farm redundant. And for basically three years, I had to go past this buildings and the farm because we, we lived in a little cottage we still live in a little cottage next door and these animals were literally um you know, some wild sorry you've got little kittens playing yes. in there as well that's violet but, and coral in your videos there's always you know you may be walking over to see the goats and give the goats a carrot or give the donkeys but yeah. the, the cats come out of nowhere and the chicken all the animals seem to live very well uh in harmony there they all seem to live in unison well they do. Oh, they, they, they do. They're sort of, um, and it's great to see. It. And they talk, as you will find out in a moment. So I, I, I gave up, obviously, and got very sad seeing the farm deteriorated. So I, I contacted the local authorities and said, look, what are you doing with the farm? And um, I said, can I have it? And um, they, they actually they knew my reputation and said, Chris, <laughs> you, we, we're not going to give it to you. You've got to put a business plan together. So my wife, Ellie, <clears throat> bless spent three years putting this business plan together so we got the, the, the right planning permissions and all the appropriate uh, paperwork. And we eventually took over the farm. When, it's nearly 60 years ago. We got I know, it was, it was uh, the 26th of July, 2014. I know, and it's, it's quite, um, it was quite exciting, really, that um, <laughs> we've been going six years. So when we started, we had nothing here, Chris. We, we had a farm, uh, all the fences were down, everything was overgrown. And it really was sad to see. So we ended up starting from nowhere. We didn't have the funds as such. And we relied on the local community to come and help us create this farm. And the farm, as I said, was set up to help young people, children who are a little bit disengaged, maybe struggling. Right. Uh, struggling at school ken's going off a lot in the moment <laughs> yeah that's ken the rooster in the background if you follow your twitter account everybody would know uh ken the rooster you see a good video of him like once or twice a day at least 
I know. Yeah, Ken, uh, Ken wakes up everybody crowing in the morning. But uh, to be very honest, he also mm. does it at four o'clock. Yeah. <laughs> so, you know, me and my wife, Ellie, and, and a lot of um, good friends, we built this farm up from nothing. People donated leftover materials, building materials. We had sort of having little animals coming in. We had some geese come in. We had a couple of sheep. Dottie and Polly came in. And we started to bring a bit of magic into the farm. And this is one of our sort of, um, I suppose, say selling points is that our animals are there for therapy for the children. It really calms the children down. And um, definitely, you can see them change very, very quickly and become the school complains about their behavior and they live here and they are just, there is no problem with them at all. No. So we, we put the word out and schools sort of reluctantly started to bring the children down here. And we took the children on and maybe a little bit disengaged at school and maybe not um, fully, you know, um, understanding. Uh, well, their behaviors were really bad. Their right. discipline was not bad. So, so um, but they were lovely down here. We have never any, had any trouble with the children because we've got 70 acres. Yeah. we got fun things like tractors. Yeah, we've got, yes, we've got tractors, um, ring rollers that goes with it. Machinery and, and the machinery. Yeah, we've got the forest school with a, a massive slide. Oh, it's just a, yeah, so it, a workshop. When, the, when yeah. we teach the children, health and safety is very important, but we, we, we teach the children, I think, which is the most important thing any young person can learn is common sense. Mm -hmm. Right. That's right. And I think that the, the, the children soon learned that, that they had to respect the farm, and I would treat them like ad adults, and they behave like adults. And I would not send any sort of messing around, and they knew that. But on the other hand, I would give them the praise and the encouragement. And we would find their skills, and their skills. We've had youngsters come in here who went off to do, to do gardening, and students going off to do mechanical work. So everybody's coming in here, who've been going six years, have always gone and got a job, because one thing... You have to learn on the farm. You have to know how to work. Right. Never stop. Right. Farm's a no, great seven place days to a learn week. common sense. It really is. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So, four o'clock in the morning when we start. So, instead so my wife Ellie put a lot of work in getting the funding, and she had belief in me, and you know, um, a lot of people did as well because I'm a person with a load of ideas, as Caroline knows. Like, yeah. I have always had an idea, but I always say to people, and I say to my children as well, "You're my team." I'm only as good as my team. <clears throat> so we, um, you know, we're basically, they're doing my work. They're making me look good, but also they're making themselves look good and they, they feel proud in what they do. So we started this project. More and more children come, come in. Uh, it was very hard work. You know, we, we rely on um, people being generous with donations, people coming in with materials, giving time. We don't have any paid staff. We're all volunteers here. Yeah. And um, the whole thing about it all was that the um, we were going along really well. And we just, I was filming. And this one day, Chris, you never guess what, this beautiful lady came to me <laughs> and walked down into the farm and said, Chris, could I come and paint your animals? And I said, no, I like the colour they already are. <laughs> In, in, but she was an artist, and um, she is still an artist, I think. Yes. And um, I used to be very, very quiet, and uh, yeah, I do, I do paint animal and race from this way. Yeah, if you <laughs> see her now, you, you could see her now. You can trust me; she's not, <laughs> not that quiet. Um, but uh, no, we we get on well together. We're sort of, we got like a working um, partnership. And we, we, we gelled on social media. Well, the thing is, yes, exactly. I think uh, since uh, we, we evolved uh, we evolved a, a lot, um, you know, I'm painting, illustrating, but now I'm also doing vlogs um, and the projects, you know, all these videos that we do, they actually evolve, evolve a lot in a good way. We're touching more and more people with what we do. Yeah, so Caroline brought a new element. It gave me a boost in, in lots of ways. And she really sort of um, helped selling her work a lot of her art sells in america people buy and she ships over to america her illustrations and paintings are amazing and it helped raise our profile helped us and all of a sudden mm -hmm. i woke up one morning yes and i get a phone call yes not from you it was from a journalist and uh, she said 
Chris, you've gone viral. <laughs> and I said, have I gone viral? Have I got to go and see the doctor? <laughs> <laughs> and it was like one of those things where I, I, I saw understood but not understood. And all of a sudden, that, that this one tweet of, of the rush hour, which we explain in, in a moment, was two and a half million views. Yes. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, yeah. It, it's um, yeah, it's absolutely crazy, isn't it? Yeah. Like from one day to another, it was so different. Well, and, that's and that, that's how I found you guys. It was one of those first videos of the rush hour, which I thought mm. was, hey, here's a. Here's a crazy guy in England who's letting all of his animals out of the barn at once. And, you know, uh, maybe I'll follow this account to see if he posts any more videos. And then eventually learning what you guys actually do there, which is what pushed me over the edge and said, ah, I'd really like to have you guys on to talk about it. But for those of you that haven't followed you on Twitter, and I'll put the Twitter link to you guys in the podcast description so that people can go right on and follow you. Oh, brilliant. A explain what the Daily Rush Hour is. This is like my favorite video I see every day. Oh. Yeah, so on the farm, obviously, we have lots of animals, as you'll see on our videos. And they all get locked away in the barn at night. And for their safety, we have foxes <laughs> there. And uh, <laughs> so um, in the morning, mm -hmm. I open the door. Of course. And... You know, I've been doing it for years, uh, but the strange thing about it on one morning, I thought, God, this is like the rush hour, and that little light bulb went on, and I started um, doing what we call the rush hour, and where I opened up the door quite often with Caroline, and the animals come rushing out, and they're all named. So we got Cuthbert, who'll come out and say, hello, Quish, how are you? And we have Ken, the rooster, who's crowing away in the background now, and we have all the other animals coming out, all got names, and little Bumblebee, the sheep, and it's a, all that energy coming out is so exciting. I get excited uh, even more now than I ever, ever did. And, yeah, uh, and we even have emus now. So we've got some really un unusual sight of, yeah. uh, <laughs> you know, different animals actually getting on well together. Which we yeah. never have thought that would happen, isn't it? I know. With, with the emus, Chris, we've got Rodney and Dow, our emus. And one of our volunteers, and this is very strange, went onto eBay and bought two emu eggs. <laughs> He didn't even know it was possible. No, it was possible. <laughs> and he came down to the farm, um, John, John Bobman there, and he said, Chris, I got um, a present for you. And I thought, oh, yeah, a drink, some drink or some chocolate or something. <laughs> <laughs> no, two emu eggs. I thought, keep it away from Caroline because she'd probably eat them. And <laughs> on the eggs. And uh, she'd um, get them away from them. So I put them in an incubator and ended up... Um, um, Hatching them out. It took fifty days. Yeah, and there was something about the hatching. You you had you had to help them because they, <laughs> they got hard boiled. You got to keep the humidity right, and because the eggs uh, shell was so hard, they're, they're tapping away. I could hear them tapping away, and they couldn't get out. It, got, it was too hard. It got fainter and fainter, and I thought, oh my goodness, what I'm going to do? Do so. What any farmer would do? Got a hacksaw out. Yeah. And I spent a half hour, Chris, cutting the shell open gently so I didn't harm it. And I, um, there's a video somewhere. I must sort of um, get that back out again because, uh, yeah, I popped this little emu and his little emu came out. And he looked at me and he went, Daddy, hello, Daddy. I said, no, I'm not your daddy. So um, <laughs> he he imprinted on me. So these emus have become part of the, the rush hour. And these animals come out. And it's, every day, as you know, Chris is different. And it's so a re rewarding and people love it, you know. I think it gives them a, I know, a little bit of fun. We've well, this is it. Um, we didn't realize what we were doing until we start having a lot of messages, and particularly with the lockdown, people describing to us what they are going through and saying that we are the highlight of their day. You know, that yeah. gets me so emotional sometimes. It's just crazy. And we we started um, doing live on YouTube at six a.m. Uh, which obviously your, your time would be 1am but would you believe i have a fan club called yeah. the bumblebees in america yeah lovely ladies who all, all across america have got together to give me support and caroline support and, and they are up at night they're up sort of one <laughs> to be there. ridiculous hours in the morning just to yeah. um support us and um yeah. have a smile we, we have a good laugh don't we oh yeah absolutely so um yeah, the rush hour is so special to us uh, in so many ways, and, and people, because of uh, what's happened now with uh, with the COVID and that, 
we don't have the students in like we have from the school. So all our funding has stopped. So we don't have funding as such from schools. So people are very generous. And we do shout outs for people's birthdays. Yeah, so that's that's that. And the generous donation actually keep us going at present. Yeah, well, people well, give donation for a shout out. We we never have like a fixed price. It's just people to give what they want, and th- that has this is this is really really nice. And the messages we've got back, you know, for somebody's birthday, um, we had a, a ten years old sending a little video thank you to us the other day. Oh, that was really lovely, wasn't it? A, li- a little boy from Germany. Yeah, so th- yeah. I don't know why, but for some reason they like mm-hmm. to hear my voice, but to see your body. I'm not <laughs> sure why. I don't know, Chris. <laughs> We're looking at it now. You can probably tell why. But um, there's a Caroline, the person in front of the camera, you know, um, and I'm talking. And I, I put on these silly voices of the an- animals. So we have, because we're in the south, uh, south west of England. Um, oh, this is giggle. This is giggle. 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 Giggle is Caroline's little pet. And, He's my pet goose. I, I actually raised. <laughs> yeah. yeah. You can take Caroline's always giggling, aren't you? <laughs> but it's funny because you see, like, that we know it's giggle. We know the voice of each animal, like even geese, they have a different voice. Right. So I know that's giggle there. Uh, yeah. <laughs> so... He gets excited when he sees Caroline. Yeah. So, yeah. So it, it's good to be able to, to share this and put it on online for people to get so much enjoyment out. But as I say, we're from the. Well, where are you from? I'm from France. <laughs> you never told me that. Oh, sorry. Oh, my God, I thought you had a funny accent. Yeah, I'm from France. One day I saw a picture of you. I thought, I need to come to England. To see me? Uh, yeah, of course. That's the nicest thing. It was 12 ever... years ago. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's the nicest thing she's ever said to me. She's, she's usually um, quite mean to me. But, um, you know, she's a beautiful lady, and I'm, I'm really pleased to have her sort of working alongside me. I mean, we, we really sort of gel. So the, the nice thing about it is that we're in the southwest of England, and we have a, um, a ram called uh, Henry. Yes. It's so a, it's called a Wiltshire horn. Everybody looks at Wiltshire horn. It's a sheep, obviously. Yeah. But the thing, the thing about it, Chris, is that in the spring, all its wool drops off. Yeah, he doesn't need shearing. Um, this is the that's, that's how genetically um, they are. They are just like that. Yeah. So um, naturally, like that. So. So all of a sudden, um, you know, in the spring, all the wool drops out. We don't have to shear them, which obviously is good. Um, but in Wiltshire, this is the accent. So excuse me, everybody, for listening to this. But all right, how are you then? I'm Chris. I, I come from the West Country. I do. <laughs> I, I think you're going to hurt great, nerd. You're best looking oh, pretty special there. <laughs> Whoa. They do speak like that around here. Yeah, so that is the accent. Even though I've got um, obviously. Uh, a Wiltshire accent, but it's, it's, I suppose it's a bit toned down to what my dad would be saying. My dad was a real Wiltshire. Yeah. And some of the words I would not even repeat uh, what he would say to me, but um, he was a, a... It's almost like a patois type of thing. It's, right. it's almost like a language sometimes. Yeah. What is that? What are you... What, what is that? I don't know. Dad? <laughs> well, that... So, so, so it was great. So, oh, Caroline, you're looking good. <laughs> She's looking great, which means she's looking great. <laughs> so, um, so it's nice to have these all animals with their accents, and uh, for me to, to to use this uh, these voices. And I think with me and Caroline, I, um, I might be showing my age a little bit, but um, we're like the Fred Astaire and Ginger Rogers for the OD people like myself. <laughs> Because so, we're so graceful and elegant as we go around the farm. Of course. Well, you guys, you guys have a very endearing and warm presence, and it comes through in your videos. I mean, this is an audio-only podcast, and I'm sure people are going to get a good vibe with you guys, just listening to you guys banter between the two of you. Uh, but your videos are very similar. I, I put them on, and I hear you guys just kind of shooting the shit with each other, and... It makes me yeah. laugh, and the animals all seem <laughs> friendly. What's astounding is that you have 70 acres, and it looks like the animals aren't really constrained uh, in certain spots, and every night they all just kind of return to the barn together. Is that right? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, yeah, people, we get asked the, question, the same questions over and over, and, and rightly so, because people see it, and say, oh, my goodness, they, they all rush out. How do you get them back in? Well, 
the secret is we don't have to do much because we have the thing called the sun. Have you seen it, that thing up in the sky? Yeah. Yeah, very bright. Very bright. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it keeps moving about. I don't know what's going on with it, but it keeps moving about. And at night, it disappears. I think it goes over to America or something. But <laughs> the sun starts to set, and as the light starts to fade, they instinctively have to go to shelter, to go to roost, so the chickens will go up high. So they got to go somewhere safe, and uh, obviously going into the barn is somewhere safe uh, for them. So they naturally go back into the barn yeah we have that question a lot how do you get them back at night don't we that's yeah. you know so yeah this is very very natural there is a few sometimes that we need to be careful and get them back in yeah we're sending caroline yeah. out and around. we have runner ducks and caroline, <laughs> yeah the runner ducks are vulnerable caroline is a good runner so we we, <laughs> we end up uh, chasing i mean sometimes but in general we lock the door up because we have foxes around here and, and obviously they would um take a few chickens so it, it's good to be able to do to put them in safely and um and of course the energy builds up overnight and the noise they start crowing at four o'clock in the morning i know caroline has to put earplugs in not for me but because my <laughs> snoring is really just for for the animals if you've ever seen a trigger snoring trigger is uh, our pet pig well chris is very similar really <laughs> <laughs> well, i think we're gonna have a domestic <laughs> That sounds like CC to be honest. Hang on. Um, it's, <laughs> it's really nice that you guys are able to do the work that you do uh, for local children. I That was one of the things that I really liked when I started to read about your mission and what you guys are doing there. And I think... You know, I, I had a, a a college professor on my podcast a couple of weeks ago, and one of the things that we were talking about was this evolutionary psychology. And I raised the point to him that I think people nowadays have so much anxiety and they're so mentally unwell because we really are kind of animals in a very primal sense. And we've been dropped in this world where... We're, there's a lot of pressures, there's a lot yeah. of societal norms, there's unlimited technology, the phone's always there, the parents are always there, the friends are always there. And we were discussing, you know, how it really takes a certain degree of adaptation to be able to uh, to be able to ration that out with your with your free time. And I think that being on the farm probably strips away. A lot of those anxieties for a lot of these children that are having behavioral problems and really kind of brings them literally back down to earth right like literally back to nature yeah you, you got it in one chris it's going back to nature and get back to basics and in experience life you know the the sights the sounds the smells using your instincts there and the, the children come down there and they're normally glued to their phones but when a well maybe a few visits they end up um, putting their phones down and just experiencing life and just feeling a sense of achievement that they've they've you know fed the animals or they they dug the gardens they built a fence and they, they they literally go home and think I've done that I made a difference. They don't even want to go home, even if no. the weather is horrible. I've seen that before. It's just I know they don't want to have lunch. Yeah. Quish, 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 can I? Can we? Can we just do a little bit more? No, go and have lunch. <laughs> yes. Oh, quish, we, 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 they get really carried away with what they're doing, and it's it's lovely to see because these skills they would take into um, the, their workplaces as they get older, and you know um, you got to work on the farm. But it's so much pleasure because you see what you've you're done. You can see what yeah, you've achieved. Yeah, absolutely. You know, the Saturday Doty Club uh, was, well, you see that present is not the, it's not happening anymore because of the lockdown. But so we have children you know, from the age of, so eight to 12 yeah. of a weekend. And, these children, and we do a bit of everything. They do farm work. Uh, they do cooking with you. They, they do some, some smashing cooking, yeah. No, they didn't cook. Caroline's cooking is. She just smashes it on the floor. She she makes me eat off the floor. <laughs> we did we did some cooking competition. I was absolutely brilliant with them. Yeah. So Chris takes a group and I take another. Chris takes the barbecue outside and I take the kitchen. I mean the kitchen. That's just a raven, to be honest. And we do our best. So we come up with some really nice things, isn't it? Oh <laughs> yeah, and and it in a sense it's creates all their imagination they get on and they don't want to go no. every time like the dotty club stops at half past 12 i think 
I think it was half past 12. Oh my goodness, the parents arrive and the kids just don't want to go. No, it's it's crazy. Um, but you know what we do is all very much hands on and it's very enjoyable in, in lots of ways. We're passing on life skills to the children and we need more places like this, Chris. And we would love to uh, network with someone in America who's got a similar passion with yeah. a farm and be able to share our experiences. Because we, I went away with Caroline. It was a nightmare. But I, mean, I went to, <laughs> I went to. Um, she's looking at me. I'm in trouble. Uh, we we went to uh, Africa and Kenya. Yeah. And I support a project over there called the Children of Watumu, and we helped set up this ten years ago, helping uh, children uh, and giving them nice skills. And we set up a little farm over there, so we can network with the. Yeah. So that was back in uh, in uh, January. February. Yeah. January, February. Yeah. So, yeah, it's all very good. It's in, and I'm I'm so lucky to have Caroline. I I know. I got to say this because she's in front of me, and you know. Um, but I also, luckily enough, have the most wonderful daughter called Cara, who's got um, our first grandson Casey, who's two and a half. He comes down and helps on the farm. In Cara, <laughs> he's a little farmer. He's going to be a little miniature chatty he farmer. He loves uh, feeding the animals. He's always up yeah, for it. He's fearless. The turkeys yeah. are bigger than him, and yeah. he pushes them out of the way. He feeds them. And my daughter Cara, bless, um, she's looking after Casey. But she's also helping me with the uh, social media. Um, the shout outs and everything. Yeah, 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 yeah. We've been approached by a company, a new company uh, called um, Dive. Dive. Dive, yeah. They're a new social media company. And basically, this is a social media company to allow people to go live, which has obviously been done before. But they've approached us to help them develop. Exactly. So we are doing uh, we're doing a few things for them at present. Yeah, we're going to shop them tonight with our, with our live tonight. Yes, absolutely. But um, but the children get engaged as, as well with it and say, look, social media is out there, but use it properly. Use it as a tool. Not, it's not all as... yeah. It's all down to how you use it. I totally yeah. agree. But it's it's easy for young children to spiral into uncontrollable things, yeah. and it takes over your life. But yeah, you can use it as a really good tool, and this is what we do here. We're actually sharing the fun. That's what we do. Yeah, as I said, uh, as I said as we've got such a good team behind us and people will believe in us because you know, I'm, I'm a bit crazy sometimes. And Are you? I'm not as crazy as you. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it, it's nice to come across that the children can approach us and we can help them in so many ways and how to be safe not only online but in life as well, how to be able to look after yourself because a lot of children come down here, sadly, they don't know what to cook, and I don't. You might not over in America. Might be, you know, jacket potatoes, Chris. Do I know what? A jacket potatoes. You have a baked potato where you put cheese in it. Oh, I, yeah, I can, I can make a baked potato. That's about the extent of yeah. my cooking knowledge. <laughs> put it in the oven for four hours, and then you come back and eat it. That's it. Yeah. Well, that, that's my way of doing. It. On a farm, you put it into the, a yeah. wood stove, and you get this nice crispness in it. You come back, you put a bit of butter, some cheese on it, whatever else you want, and um, a wonderful meal. So we get children come down, and the parents send them down with, dare I say, rubbish. You know, all this uh, processed food, yeah. crisps and chocolate. And we say oh, we're going to have a jacket potato, and they sort of look at you and thinking, ugh. But when they taste yeah. it. Mm-hmm. They really enjoy it, and of course, then you can teach them how they can do it. I made uh, I made with them homemade pizza. We we make a, a, a competition of jacket potatoes, one in the Rayburn, one in the barbecue. Yeah. Um, you know, I made the, uh, during the summer last year. I uh, teach them how to make a Greek salad. Oh, and they perfect. all went for it. And actually, some of them tasted something they had never tasted before, like an Italian salad with some pine nuts. And they, they some of them never had them. So it's um, and and they really like it. The fact that they made it, they actually, it's it's interesting for them. So it's little things like that, and uh, you know they have a good time. We have a good time. So that's it. Well, yeah, just just like you know, social media, like you're talking about, and all of these technological intrusions on our life are really, if you overdo it, they can turn into drugs. They can turn into poison for your mind. And processed food is very much the same thing except it's physiological poison for your body and so you know if you can kind of go back to i I try to eat whole foods raw and uh and i try to basically eat a vegan diet but i've just found that that trying to eat whole foods the foods that have been minimally processed with minimum amounts of sugar 
I just feel closer to closer to homeostasis with the world. I feel like I'm I get closer to my to my base level as a human being from doing yes. that. And and I think food is another interesting area that uh, that plays into some of the problems that that the children might be having. I don't know. Oh, totally. I totally agree with you. Yeah, we could we could do another whole program uh, or chat with you about that because we we see the the problems we have the. I grew up obviously on the farm and we used to, because my dad used to make us work hard, we had to eat what was out there. So quite often you would see me nibbling on a raw potato or, or a bit of root, a carrot or something like that. And we didn't sort of worry about washing it and stuff like that. And we, yeah. we picked up these minerals from that. And um, you ate for energy. Mm-hmm. Where now and the children just want everything prepared for them uh, process. Yeah, probably over... because they don't know. But no. yeah, it's, um... but um, yeah. If you ever see me on the rush hour door, uh, quite often I'm I'm eating the same. I will say to everybody, if it's fit enough for me, it's fit enough for my animals. Mm-hmm. And I would never give an animal something that is um, unfit. Right. And our animals, just to let people know, is that we're a, a working farm, but we do not sell our animals. They do not go to slaughter. If they do leave us, and some do, they go to other projects like ours. Or they go to people for pets or for their gardens. Um, not to say we're against people, obviously farming, but we're trying to educate the children about healthy living, and it's up to them. We don't say you can't eat meat. We don't say that you have to eat meat. It's up to the children individually to make that decision, and um, we just want to show them a healthy lifestyle yeah. and just have some have some well, enjoy well, life. And yeah, and personally, I do not do uh, junk food. I do not touch any uh, junk food. Chris, so, she's very strange. Uh, yeah, yeah. I just, I just don't see it as food. It's very strange, but I don't yeah. touch crisps and things like that. She's very, <laughs> she's very well disciplined, uh, which is, uh, unlike me, I, I like my treats, but I'm an age where I know, but we got, got, got simple. So- I haven't got many pleasures left in my oh life my now. So there you go. So a bar of chocolate, okay. Might not but be- I'm here, Chris. I, I can see that, yeah. There's a lot of pleasure I get from working with you, and um, but it's all the annoyance that you you, you give me as well. Question that, question that, You're probably all used to this. Obviously, ladies are so special, but you have to agree with them most of the time. Have a to have a good life. And she goes, "This is this." I'll, I'll do an impression of Caroline. Now. Oh, that's going to be bad. Oh, Quish, Quish, could you just go do that for me, Quish? She sort of dropped it down the tone, and she. Their little eyes flutter, and I think, oh, my goodness. A, just... <laughs> I, I mean, it works. I always have a yes from that. <laughs> yeah, so it's, fine-tuned, it's fine-tuned performance for you. <laughs> no, for me, this is a farmer's way. Oi, go and get that done. Oi, get that done. Oi, oi, go and do that. And she would never do it for me in that. But no, the, but it's good. It's a, we've got it's a, um, a good team with us. Um, and we had Sarah down today. Uh, and a, a lovely lady, she's been to university, she's come out, she's just got herself a, a new job. And because of lockdown, she's now got, she's out of work at the moment. The, she's got to wait till September before she can go back. And for three months, she's been staring out of a window, really. Yeah, she's extremely timid at present, yeah. um, but so, she will get better. So she came and said, can I come back to the farm? And we released, uh, you know, we're, we're freeing up a little bit in uh, over here in England. And she came back and... She said just to come back and hear the animals, see the animals and get the fresh air. And I think there's a lot of people all around the world just want to get out and experience what we're experiencing, the countryside, mm. to share the, the fresh air, to share um, you know, the, the sounds. I know it's very difficult for people in big cities like yourself, Chris, but I'm sure you've got um, open spaces there. But the best medicine of all mm-hmm. is... Fresh sure. air, of course, outside. Yeah, but our country has said, "Right, everybody, get indoors. Don't get outside." And of course, it's... you can see the consequences. It's yeah. crazy. So we're getting people starting to come back, and I just can't wait to get my students in to give them an opportunity again to be able to, to, well, better their lives. Because mm-hmm. the end of the day, life is too short. You got to take what's in front of you, grab it, and really go for it. Yes. In a nice way, of course. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm proud of all our students here. And I said, I can't thank, you know, Ellie, my wife there, 
and my, my daughters and my friends and, and Caroline and so many people who come together. And it's humbling. Yes. I'm just a chatty farmer who just goes on and on and on. Oh, yes, you do. Careful, careful. <laughs> and um, But my passion for life to help people and pass on my skills, <laughs> it's not always about the money. You know, you need money to, to live, but for ourselves, it's priceless. The most best gift you can give anybody. But this is it. You've got to be passionate because it's seven days a week and it starts, um, you know, sometime at three o'clock. This is talking over me now. I oh, was just building up, Chris. This is yeah, my moment. Yeah, that's what I do. This is <laughs> my moment. <laughs> <laughs> the best gift of all is your time. I hope people realize that. It's easy to give someone a gift and say, you know, here you are, here's $10, go and get a hamburger or, <laughs> or go and get yourself a drink. But um, by spending that bit of time with someone, you know, um, and talking to them, and maybe not always in person on the phone, because yeah. we all do it. We put people, oh, I must go and speak to showing, showing. Now I'm speaking for ages, and then time passes on. So people give up their time here uh, for us, and then we give them time back, and we give the time to the children. It's a, it's a special gift, and you'll get rewarded in life. Mm-hmm. This is me going on it on again. You got to be able to give to receive. Some people like to take, take, take. We've had lots of people try to use our project for that. But no, we're giving. And if you give, people um, will reward you for it. You know, we're giving our time. We're giving our enthusiasm. We don't ask. We don't ask for money. We don't ask for people. No, we never do. And actually, that's really nice that people understood. You know, we we had a lot of help actually. We had a shout out. This uh, yeah. Going back to our shout-outs, what we do. We had a lady, a um, hundred years of age, it's... in America, and her daughters wanted to arrange a special shout-out for mm-hmm. her. So we did a special video for this lady who was a hundred. Three daughters who were um, obviously getting on a little bit as well, and we did this special one. And, and she was crying because she it brought back lots of memories when she was younger. But the funny thing about it, Chris, we quite often do like little videos and send it unlisted on YouTube. She. She wanted her video on TikTok. <laughs> a hundred-year-old lady doing TikTok. Um, and we had, you know, as Caroline said, we, we get people of all ages. And there's a, one, again, a, a family in America, a lady who's all by herself, bringing up twins, so eight years of age. And she said, Chris, I can't afford anything. I can't give you anything, but I really want to make my... Um, daughter's eighth birthday special. Could uh, Coco and Eli do a shout out? Coco and Eli are our donkeys. I said, no problem. She said, it's not about the, the money. I said, no. She said, one day I will repay you. But um, so me and Caroline, we did. So, yeah. so, so Caroline was talking to Coco. Yeah. So you can talk to Coco now. Hello, Coco. How oh, are you today? I'm, I'm all right. I'm very, very well. Thank you. Wait, I, 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 it's, it's little Sarah and her birthday today. I know. How do you know that? I, 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 I saw it on the email. <gasps> well, do you know what they've got for you? No, 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 where is it? They've got a carrot. Oh. And because they are twins, they've got two carrots. Oh, my goodness, this is good. <laughs> oh, happy birthday to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy, happy birthday, birthday to you. you. Happy birthday. <laughs> and so we, we do little spills like that, and it makes it very personal, because they don't see me, which is probably well. They see Caroline, and they see Coco and Eli the donkey munching away on a carrot. And, and I, know, I know, Chris, that you, <laughs> you, you, you like to... Listen to a, cr- a crunch in a carrot. It sounds so wrong. <laughs> Chris is like the crunchy, crunchy carrot. But anyway, um, so um, we play this back. We send it to them. And the mother came back and she said, M- my girls were so overjoyed with tears. And they said it was the best present they ever had. Yeah. And that makes it special for us yeah. as well because, you know, that's a, a gift that we can give of our time. And make those, those girls will remember it for the rest of their lives. Exactly. Yeah. That was... Very, very nice. One day they're going to be disappointed to see me and, and, and realize I'm not a donkey. <laughs> <laughs> well, people that do really nice things and what you guys are doing, you're really just putting something good out there. That's just a nice way to describe it. It's uh, it's wholesome. It's something that is endearing. And I think you bring a lot of joy to a lot of people, not only the people that you touch through the web, but also the people that are lucky enough to come and work with you guys. Um, and... Every once in a while, the world kind of picks those people up, the people that do those uh, good things, and helps them along. 
And uh, I'm, I'm really glad that you guys were able to come on and talk about your mission. And I really, I look forward to sharing, I'm going to put your website and your Twitter account in the podcast description. I look forward to sharing your guys' information with my listeners. So hopefully they can uh, join up and follow you guys on Twitter as well. Oh, and, brilliant. Uh, just want to say thank you guys so much for, for your time and also for, uh, for everything that you're doing. Oh, thank, thanks, Chris. Yeah, we, thank you, Chris. Yeah, we, 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 I feel <laughs> as if I've known you forever. Well, at least at least <laughs> day, and, and I can't wait to hear and speak to you again. Yeah, maybe tomorrow. Who knows? Yeah, yeah. who knows? <laughs> um, but no, Chris. So thank you for thinking about us, giving us the time to talk to yourself, and uh, we wish you well for all you do there. And um, yeah, hopefully one day you'll get a chance to come over to see us. Yes, that'd be lovely. And uh, if not, we'd be knocking on your door. Quish, <laughs> <laughs> it's crunch time. <laughs> I got a, I got a raw potato here that you can eat, so I'm I'm properly. Oh, I got yeah. a potato and I got a bottle of brandy, so we could uh, we could make do if that happened. Oh, that, that'd be good. So, well, we're coming to I guess we, the end. Or it's just been amazing. It's just time has just gone on and on. Oh, no. <laughs> But yeah, let's catch up in a couple of months, okay? When you guys, uh, oh yes, when you guys, uh, when we get into the next season and things start to reopen a little bit, I'd love to hear more about what it is that you guys are doing. And for now, yeah, Mike, and, and go ahead. There is always plenty of things happening here; <laughs> it never stops. Oh it, it, yeah, it's, it's full on. It's, my my well, listeners that are interested, they can follow you guys. Uh, your Twitter handle is at CaneHillCC, so it's at. C-A-E-N-H-I-L-L-C-C. And uh, you guys also have a website. It's canehillcc.org.uk. And uh, happy to send people there. Thank you guys so much. And we'll talk again soon, all right? Oh, thank, thank you, Chris. Thank you, Chris. It's been a pleasure. <laughs> all right, bye-bye. That was the one and only Chris Franklin and the lovely Caroline from Cane Hill Countryside Center. I love these guys' videos. Uh, they really they make my day every day. So I thought that, that it would be nice to bring them on and share them maybe with my listeners. I know it's not a traditional podcast, but the rules of my podcast are I bring on whoever I find interesting. And I find these guys not only interesting, but endearing. And I think they're doing something really nice for the world. So check them out. Their link's in the podcast description. I sincerely hope you guys all have a wonderful weekend. But for right now, I am out. Peace.